episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 2, Blood Brothers. The original air date for this episode was November 21st, 1988, and it was directed by Charles Corral, and it was written by Rick Drew, who we had right he was one of the three writers on last week's episode, mm-hmm. and he had done Thin Ice before that. Uh, so why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Uh, I'm going to describe this episode in the best way I can from Mr. Mackey. Uh, guns are bad, okay? All right, and uh, what's the first scene, though? <laughs> yeah, in this episode, it's basically a PSA. MacGyver goes back to his hometown uh, to meet with two childhood friends to uh, re-encounter something that happened in that when they were young amidst also a drug problem going on in this in his small town right and we're we're in minnesota right right That's... we're in minnesota we are in uh mission city minnesota mission city, okay. uh yeah it, it opens up with this with a black and white flashback um which is weird because i think in the credits it's it's in color when it shows the kids flashbacks oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's 1963 macgyver and his uh friends neil chuck and jesse are, are giving a, a kind of an oath to come back in 25 years and dig up this lunchbox that they're burying. Right, and they're each putting in some reminder of their childhood. Right. At this point, this we don't like know. This is like the most boring time capsule in the world. Yeah, yeah. Also, it would never have lasted. Yeah, um, it would have rotted away very quickly. Yeah. Especially uh, right on, like, a riverbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if it was even still there. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that. Um so from there, from like, it's kind of weird because they they all agree to like put the time capsules like, oh, you know, we'll we'll be lucky if we remember where it is when we're twenty five years from now. Um, and then everyone leaves except MacGyver. They say, okay, bury it, MacGyver, and then they all yeah. leave him. <laughs> they just trust him to bury it there. Yeah, yeah the, the the scene ends with just MacGyver just lonely, like, yeah. <laughs> like he's disposing. What he all... should have done was just take out all their stuff and then fart into it and then bury it. <laughs> <laughs> 25 years later they dig it up what the hell is this <laughs> oh jeez oh MacGyver <laughs> the ultimate Dutch oven it'd be especially funny after what happens here <laughs> uh, so now we're in the present and MacGyver is kind of narrating his his uh, going back to his hometown right and 25 years ago he made a decision with a gun that changed his life. Right. This, this is, is the first of like their major like versus the NRA episodes. Yeah. There, this, I think there's two big ones. There's this one and there's an episode that's just called The Gun. Yeah. This one. With it a lot. This one is pretty heavy with the yeah. anti-gun message. It's it's almost insulting. <laughs> yeah, but Richard Dean Anderson's always been pretty strongly against the yeah. gun lobby and things like that. So. Um. He pulls up to a to a house. I think it's some kind of boarding house. But as he flashbacks, you can see that it, it, it is his childhood home right? Um, that has now been converted. And he and his friends are, uh, in the flashback, they're trying to collect money to buy a box of bullets. Right, because they already had a gun. Mm-hmm. And so they're just trying to get money to put together yeah, the bullets. bullets. And they're all, like, splitting their allowances and right. everything. Right, but, but Jesse comes in with a dollar. a dollar. He says, that's a month's allowance. I was like, a month? In the 60s? Really? <laughs> that's... Oh my gosh, that, that's that's even in the 60s. Even if they'd said a week, I would have been like, 
That's not very much. That's really not a lot of money. <laughs> Unless he just doesn't do anything. Yeah. The, the dollar a month is to just... This is the interest on my dad's savings account. Yeah. I get it every month. So uh, as MacGyver like drives away from his childhood home, uh, he passes some kids on a basketball court. Right. And uh, this is where we meet Sean, uh, who's just like – he's just kind of watching the game. He's not actually he's not actually participating. Right. Um, but as he's standing there, uh, a car pulls up, and he recognizes the car immediately and just takes off running. Right. Um, and uh, from inside the car, we get Spider. Uh, who's, who's played by Ramon Franco. Yes. Who he had had as – his character was just named Ramon yeah. in Final Approach before, but he was like – in that episode, he was like a former gang member in LA right, that, right. Was, that was trying to like rehab it. But mm-hmm. then it seems like he got transferred out to Minnesota yeah, by exactly. his family who was tired of dealing with him. And then he started calling himself Spider and pretended that he was like bringing all this street knowledge from yeah, from, yeah, Los from LA. But I'm choosing to believe this is the same character. I you know because he's just going by handle now. Yeah, he's exactly. Heisenberg. I mean, he's it. not named Spider. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not a very common name. Yeah, Spider and his crew chase down Sean in the car, and Sean just sticks to roads. <laughs> right, yeah. He uh, wants to make sure this car can keep following. Yeah. It's funny, because like, as soon as like he sees the car, he climbs a fence, which actually takes him to the side of the fence in which the car is. Yeah. Like, he would have been safer had he stayed put yeah. within the confines of the fence. But he basically climbed a fence to get closer to the car. Yeah. Um, and it's a tall fence, too. It was like yeah, a 15-foot yeah. fence. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Spider corners him. And he's demanding some money. And and I think that it's like a huge amount of money, like thousands, but it's $200. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, can't you just go into your dad's wallet yeah. and get $200? I mean, that seems like that's not that much money to get, even in the 80s. Yeah. Um, because Sean is a, is a crack addict. Right. Um, and so I guess they've been just letting him, like, keep a tab open. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't exist. Well, the first one's free. Yeah. But uh, once you're once you're hooked, so while Spider is like threatening him with a with a like a straight razor, I think it would have made more sense if if they'd have been accusing him of like maybe he had been because he was hooked and he couldn't afford it anymore that he had stolen two hundred yeah. dollars worth. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Then and it's just like, hey, you still owe us this much money. It's like, why are you letting people put crack on layaway, dude? Like mm-hmm. that's not a thing. Um, so out of nowhere, uh, Danny. Uh, Sean's friend just kind of appears on the hood of the car yeah. with a huge rock. Yeah. It seems like he must have just been carrying this thing around for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's telling Spider to, to let Danny go. Or sorry, to let Sean go. This is Danny speaking. Right, yeah. Who is uh, played, by the way, by Jason Priestley. Yeah, Jason Priestley. Uh, which I think last week I, I had said it was Luke Perry. <laughs> and uh, we... we we got a quick response from our listenership. But yeah, that is not the case. Yeah, wrong, uh, wrong one. Same exact person, different name. <laughs> Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. He played Brandon Walsh. Um, apparently, he was Billy Breckenridge in Tombstone. Huh. I didn't remember that, but um, he also did the voice of Bo Diddley Squat in six episodes of Eek the Cat. Oh, he's done a couple different voiceovers on his uh, IMDb page. So I don't recall that character specifically, but, but Eek uh, the Cat was a Eek, fun show. Yeah, Eek the Cat was good. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> um, so Spider is threatening now Danny to get off of his car, or he's going to kill him. Right. And one of uh, Spider's crew then pulls, pulls out, out a, gun. a gun. And Spider stops him for yeah, some reason. Even Spider is uncomfortable with guns. Yeah. Um, 
but the shock of seeing the gun makes Danny drop the drop rock. Drop the rock and just run. Yeah, he drops it right through the windshield. And so he and Sean both run off. And now Spider can't take his car to pursue them because the windshield's broken. Right. Even though he, I think he could have Ace Ventured it. Yeah. And, and Catch st- bullets in your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they chase him down. Uh, uh, On they, foot. No. Yeah, well, yeah, but then they see a cop car come by and they, they break off pursuit. Because it turns out that there's a film a familial relationship to the police here, right? Well, uh, for for Sean, right? And Danny is a uh, the the son of one the, of the other the guy friends. That owns a gun shop, yeah, which we'll get to later. Uh, but Sean and Danny have like this uh this conversation of uh you know Danny's basically yelling at Sean is just like oh, you know he's I can't I'm trying to remember the exact words of the line I should have written it down it's like. Sean, it's me, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> like he's so deep in this drug-fueled haze that yeah. he doesn't even recognize his own friend. Um, he's like, you've been... You could joke like that with the kids at school, but you don't have to lie to me. Yeah. Um, it's like, you've been hooked on crack since the moment you tried it. Um, and and Sean is made up. Like, his makeup to look strung out, like, is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his eyes I think are... his performance is pretty great, too. Yeah. He really doesn't have that many credits on IMDb, but he... I think he did an excellent job in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they kind of like, you know, from here we, we're cutting back to Mac pulling up to the sporting the goods store. Shop, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the first shot from inside the store is like a seven year old getting yeah. a rifle. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a father and son and, uh, the, the, the father wants this handgun. Oh, it's a handgun. That's yeah. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. At first, at first it's yeah, a handgun. Yeah. And, but Chuck is saying like, oh, uh, you know, you're going to have to, just like a seven day waiting period. And the guy seems really upset about it. Yeah. It's like, ugh, can't you do anything? Uh, like, I really want this gun. I wanted to walk out of here with it. Yeah. Um, like a gun is a freaking cheeseburger. It's yeah, like, exactly. I need it right now. I'm starving. Well, and clearly that this guy buys a lot of guns from this guy. That he doesn't know about the federally mandated seven right. day waiting period. Because, um... Because then, like, Chuck says, oh, well, you can buy a rifle right now and walk out with it. Because there's right. no – apparently there's no waiting period on rifles. Right. Um, so he buys an assault rifle. Yeah. And and uh, and he says to put it on his tab. So clearly, again, he yeah. buys guns here frequently. Drugs and guns, everything is on, on yeah. credit in this town. Um, and, uh, you know, and Chuck's all, do you want me to wrap it up? He's like, oh, no. I'm going to walk out of here with it. <laughs> and he slings it over his yeah. shoulder. He's got like a uh, like an M16 kind of thing like over his shoulder. I was having flashbacks of Bowling for Columbine. Yeah. You know like the scene where they he's talking about how oh, I saw this ad in the paper where if you open an account at this bank they'll give you a gun. Yeah. And like what what is the logic behind that giving people guns for opening bank accounts? And they were giving people rifles. Yep. Like a bank was giving people rifles. Like a toaster is usually like a more, more yeah. acceptable, yeah. a small appliance. You're not going to come back in the bank with this, are you? <laughs> right? <laughs> Please don't bring it back. I'd like to open an account. Here's your gun. <laughs> I would like all the money. I would like to open all the other accounts. <laughs> so, yeah. And like MacGyver watches as like the kid starts playing with the handgun on the counter. Yeah. Like by like not no one's paying attention to him. Yeah. Clearly it's not loaded. But, right. Uh, and, or uh, is it? Uh, oh, didn't you, think about that. Yeah, because you never know. It's like the problem. Right. It's guns. It's guns. Guns are the problem. Uh, so Mac and Chuck kind of have like a moment. It's like, oh, it's good to see you. I didn't think you'd come. And uh, MacGyver like holds up like the handgun like it's like a dead fish. Is like, yeah. how's the sporting good business? Yeah. And 
and Chuck comes back with the uh, the classic of like, hey, everyone has the right to defend themselves. I'm yeah. just providing a service, and uh, and uh, and then MacGyver's like, you don't have to use guns. For instance, I snapped like forty people's necks last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they start talking kind of like solemnly about doing the going back to the time capsule. Right. Yeah. And at this point, we don't know what's really going on yet, um, because they they seem like very hesitant to talk about it. Yeah. And they're very withdrawn when they start, and Chuck doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, and then now th- is Chuck's nickname Hunch? Hunch. Because on IMDb, he's credited as Chuck slash Hunch. Hunch. So I couldn't figure out what that was about. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember like them calling him Hunch. Unless they did it in the the flashbacks. Maybe it was like a nickname he had as a kid or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't remember that at all. But the actor's name is oh. Dirk Blocker, who is Hitchcock on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. He didn't. He didn't play one of the medical staff in the back. The one, the guy who says, "When are they gonna do something about guns?" That no, no, that no, wasn't that was him, right? Guy. Okay. No, I, I was trying to think of like if you played someone in the flashback. Yeah, maybe he played multiple characters. No, yeah. as far as I know, he just played the one guy, but he's credited as Chuck slash Hunch, hmm. and that's just Dirk Blocker, so it wouldn't even be the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Dan, this is where at the point where Danny and Sean both show up because uh, again, Danny is Chuck's son, right? Uh, from the sporting goods store, right? And Sean is. Neil's son, who we haven't met as an adult yet. Right, but he was one of the kids that buried the time capsule. Yeah. And uh, so, like, you know, Mac kind of does an introduction. Like, he, he's never met Sean, but he, I guess he had met Danny a couple years prior when yeah. they came out to L.A. for some reason. Yeah, to uh, go to high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving to Beverly Hills. Everyone here keeps calling me Danny, but my name's Brandon Walsh. He's so confused. Uh, so... Chuck will only go back to the uh, the site of the of the time capsule if MacGyver can convince Neil. Right, and he thinks that that's going to be a hard sell. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it seems to happen so quickly. Um, yeah, these two are the easiest to convince to go back. There's yeah. one other kid who I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not going to go back to the time capsule. No, he's not there. He's there in spirit. No, um, in spirit, literally. <laughs> <laughs> he's bound to it now. <laughs> Uh, they open it up and it's just like Whoa. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver now drives to the uh, local police station where there's an older kind of sergeant working on a very antiquated typewriter yeah yeah it it seems even really old for the time yeah, that this is supposed to be he's taking time out from policing to write the great American novel yeah on like the original Herman Melville typewriter. Yeah, it's 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 not even a typewriter from like the '60s, which were electric. I yeah. mean, like this is predates any of those. Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently, like a, a pin off a spool broke, and so MacGyver uses a the ink ink tube of a pen. Right. But he just cuts, cuts it open, yeah. and and like there's ink everywhere. It's like here you go, it's all fixed. It's like no, <laughs> I fixed it. It's like that's weird. This whole page is black now. <laughs> There's, like, ink spots on everything. <laughs> um, but uh, the sergeant kind of half-remembers MacGyver, and MacGyver clearly... Oh, we used to have a kid who'd come in here, he could fix anything. And mm-hmm. he's like, Sergeant, <gasps> MacGyver! Yeah, it's like, oh. And then apparently he has carte blanche to go anywhere he wants yeah. in the police station, because he just walks right into the evidence room. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, Where we see Neil. Yeah. Um, well, that, that, I guess we have, we have a quick scene in between here. Um, which even in my notes seems weird. Yeah. But we have a cutaway to Spider getting his windshield fixed. 
<laughs> it's unnecessary. <laughs> he, um, like someone thought it was a, too much of a plot hole that he could have fixed this windshield that quickly, so they're like, well, we have to show it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're kind of introduced to his crew, who's named... Uh, who, who, the, fun, the funny one is the one who who's always making fun of L.A. Yeah. Like, oh, is this how they do it in L.A.? Yeah. His name is Watts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they named him after a city in L.A. Yeah. Um, and then the big heavy guy is named Meat. Yeah. And then, like, the Keanu Reeves-looking guy is JD. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they, it's the, the purpose of the scene is to show that the car is fixed. And that he's, like, the gang leader. Yeah. And that he's, like, better than everybody else. Yeah, and then he plans to kill... To kill? To, he plans to kill Danny for doing this to his car to, to kind of, like, show that he has control uh, over this small town. And when people realize that he's willing to murder someone over this crappy sedan... Mm-hmm that you don't want to, like, accidentally, yeah. like, cross his path or something exactly. somewhere. Uh, so now we're back at the police station with MacGyver in the evidence room, and they do, MacGyver and Neil do, like, a dragnet kind of style routine. Yeah, is it dragnet or Adam-12 or... Well, he says dragnet, but they don't sing the drag... They, they make a dragnet-esque song. Like, they don't do the bum, 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 bum. Yeah. They just do a... Ba-da, ba-ba-ba. It's yeah. like, it's like, and it's like, copyright. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> we, we can't sing the song. Um, uh, so yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of weird, but then he says, but then he verbally mentions, ah, Dragnet, the thing that made you want to be a cop. Yeah. Um, but then he says, nah, it's because I couldn't get into the army. It's like, why? <laughs> it's like, what happened? I had a child murder on my record. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, I ran away from the scene of a homicide. <laughs> Um, and, uh, they were there in the evidence room to see if, uh, if the gun in question was still down in the evidence room. That was why they were there? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it it is weird. And it's weird that it's still there. I didn't consider checking for it (laughs) until now. I've been working here as a cop for a long time. Exactly. But I guess he just couldn't, uh, he couldn't handle the stress of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they just kind of talk about going back and Neil says I don't want to go back MacGyver and Max says I don't want to either but I have to right we gave an oath mm-hmm. very serious oath and and it's funny because Chuck kind of scoffs at the oath in the sporting goods scene yeah he's like no one keeps an oath from when they were kids MacGyver it's like oh, what about Boy Scouts <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they do no um, uh, then we kind of go back to the sporting goods store where Danny's kind of like setting up a display outside yeah and uh spider comes driving by in uh, a car and just they just unload yeah, with a shotgun firing at the store um danny quick to quick to action man he just dives behind cover yeah as uh, they shoot like a mannequin standing yeah exactly i was like i think i got one of them <laughs> i got the real pale guy with no legs <laughs> and no face <laughs> he's got no face now for sure <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna need dental records <laughs> uh, uh, yeah but they they blow away the storefront um, and the car drives off and Chuck runs out to see what happened and sees Danny on the ground but he's okay yeah yeah, yeah. He, he completely hasn't been hit yeah he hasn't been hit but uh, um, from here the the police just kind of swarm on the sporting goods store uh, Danny is being kind of quiet about the situation yeah which seems kind of weird like I feel, I guess he wants to handle it on his own, but this is clearly like 
a dangerous situation that you can't handle on your own. Yeah. Um, but he seems – he doesn't – so he refuses to say who did it or w- what the car looked like or anything like that. Um, so Chuck is forced to say, oh, it was like a – it was an old car. It's also pretty ballsy of Spider to open fire on a gun store. Like you hear stories about like people that tried to rob a gun store and they just yeah, got yeah, shot yeah. to death. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rob a place that has all kinds of weapons. Yeah. Uh, they're not allowed to keep them loaded in the store. Yeah, they are. If it's their gun, they <laughs> is are. It their, if they, it's their carry carry gun, yeah. Uh, they. This is where Mac finds out that there is a drug and gang problem in the small town. Right. And uh, it really upsets him, but you know, Chuck says like you know, small towns grow up too, MacGyver. And uh, Danny and Sean kind of excuse themselves to go inside. They say, "Oh, we're gonna get some brooms to clean this up." Right. And. This is you know so now that Danny and Sean are having an aside conversation about like oh man Spider just tried to kill me because of you, um, like just pay him his two hundred dollars. Yeah, just pay him the money. <laughs> I will. I will and go then to... I'll, if you pay him the two hundred dollars you owe him, I'll pay him the five hundred dollars I owe for breaking his windshield. Yeah, like this is this is like Doc Brown getting shot over the matter of eighty dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pay him. Uh, but uh, so Sean and Danny try to come up with a plan. If Danny lays low, uh, Sean is going to uh, make an anonymous tip to the police about a drug shipment. And Spider even mentions that this shipment's occurring to his crew. Yeah. Like that there's a guy coming from L.A. and he wants to show that he, he has control over the town. Right. Um, so Sean's plan is to tip off the police, get Spider arrested. And once he's arrested, Danny's in the clear. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're going to get to the keys. I guess they, Neil has a cabin. And they're gonna get the keys to it, and in the meantime, Danny should go lay low over by the abandoned hospital. Right, instead of the cabin. Yeah, instead of the cabin, just go to the cabin. <laughs> Spider doesn't know where the cabin is. Yeah. Um. Oh, although I guess like uh, he doesn't know the, where they're going either, but because he gets finds out. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I forgot how he finds out. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I think I'm so smart. You know, it's just like, oh, I got this whole thing figured out. Like I haven't watched the episode. It would have been a shorter scene if it had been running around the cabin than if they were running around this abandoned hospital. <laughs> I'm gonna he check just in. opens the door, shoots a guy in the face. The end. <laughs> Especially if it's like uh, the cabins that we've seen, like Pete's cabin, or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. or uh, uh, where it looks Henry- like they were built for this for the scene. Yeah, just throw <laughs> some plywood up, paint it. You got yourself a cabin. Yeah. It's basically like an ice fishing shack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just without the ice. Super temporary structure. Uh, and uh, so as Danny, uh, sorry, as Sean heads out to go get the keys, he does this great thing. He goes, two thumbs up, buddy, <laughs> as he leaves. <laughs> yeah. And he says it. He doesn't just do the gesture. He, he verbally says, two thumbs up, buddy. Yeah. And I was like, "That's the weirdest segue to exiting." This is this is a post Fonz universe where you didn't have to explain what you were doing with yeah. your thumbs when you did that. Yeah, and all you have to do is go a. <laughs> uh, so the police now need Danny's statement, and uh, so Max says he's going to go in and get him because they haven't come back out with the brooms as they said they were going to. Yeah. And as he comes in, he sees Danny getting a gun off the shelf and uh, a box of bullets. And, and as soon as Danny realizes he's been spotted, he tries he to make a run for the it. Store, yeah. yeah. So he goes out through the back room. And uh, Matt catches up to him and, like, yells at him about, like, you know, what are you going to do with this gun, you know? It's like, you know, you don't know anything about it. It's like, I know about this. It's like, nobody's going to get hurt. It, it doesn't stop there. Yeah. And 
uh, you know, Ma- MacGyver has kind of a half flashback about pulling the gun out of the drawer. Uh, I'm assuming it's his house. I'm assuming yeah, it's yeah. it's either it his, his gun. Yeah. Well, it must be his grandfather's gun. Yeah. Because his his father would have been dead at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, when he demands an explanation, like Danny tells him about Spider and the drugs and Sean, um, and MacGyver seems to convince him to go and tell the police what's going on. But then Danny just grabs a shelf. And just throws everything out around the guy. Oh my gosh, this whole shelf is... It's like, first of all, that was not a very sturdy and compliant shelf with any kind of safety. Like, if it falls over that easy, I would be very uncomfortable in that back room. Also, if you knock over a whole box of, like, live ammunition, the chances of one of them, like, (laughs) being set off automatically by this crash of equipment. So Danny grabs the gun back from Mac and runs off. And when... uh, Neil and Chuck kind of rush in to help MacGyver up. MacGyver tells them the story. Danny has a gun. And Sean's on drugs. I thought when I was rewatching this episode, um, because we had watched it for Ramon, because uh, we were right. maybe going to have him yeah, as a guest, and so I wanted to watch the episode. Right. I thought I remembered this long, drawn-out thing of MacGyver having to convince... Them well, that the kid was on drugs. Yeah, he's like, no, yeah. no, not my son. Um, but I guess I was confusing it for the uh, the college campus barricade contest oh, yeah. one. In Ryman my mo- and Son. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Professor Ryman and Professor Son. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but because uh, Neil is totally like, my son's on drugs, well, let's go. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like he's so like, okay, well, let's get this done. Um, I think he's so gung-ho about it because he's also on drugs. And yeah. He doesn't want to. Doesn't want the line of questioning to pursue any further. I learned it from watching what, you, he's Dad. Doing drugs? Uh, yeah, that checks out. Uh, <laughs> we should go deal with that. Right, his right, problem. Yeah, right that now. He has. I'm fine. You guys fine? I'm fine. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great. Uh, so while Sean is uh getting the key to the cabin, um, Spider having no knows where he lives and just immediately just picks him up and forces him into the car. And then he trades him. He makes a nice little trade here. Yeah. The, the information of where Danny is for some crack. <laughs> for crack. <laughs> you want some crack, John? I didn't want it to. <laughs> I mean, I, like, like they said they, yeah, so, like, they basically force him to do drugs again. Right. Well, force is a strong Yeah, I guess that's they true. They offered him drugs. And, and he uh, was, he was of a weak-willed nature. Yes. Oh, also at this point, we should mention that uh, two of Spider's crew have been arrested. Right. Um, because they, with the lead from MacGyver, they were able to at least track down and probably find possessed weapons right. on on Meat and JD. Possessed so, weapons. <laughs> the the Man, power of guns compel you. Uh, uh, so Spider and Watts are kind of watching right, like, from... Not even really hiding behind a full size tree, it's it's kind of clear that they're overwatching the the house while the police arrest the other guys. Yeah. And Watts wants out, but Spider like half threatens and half promises him like, yeah. like you're gonna own this town with me, yeah. you know. But if you leave, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I guess I guess I'll take that hey, one. Hey, this guy just said he's gonna kill me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
that's the way out. Yeah. Like, he wanted out. That's the way out. Yeah, there's police right over there. You got the bad guy. Just yeah. hold on to him and shout that at them. <laughs> uh, so Danny makes it to, uh, I guess, what they call the old pump station by the hospital. Right. Which is literally in a, an empty room. Yeah. There's no pump in there. Yeah, there's nothing in there. No equipment. Um, and so Danny starts trying to load a gun by just dumping the box of bullets into it like it's a bowl of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? I thought they were like funnels that would... <laughs> Yeah. No, no. Like, all those bullets are in the gun backwards. Yeah, like they're falling all over the floor. It's like, dude, what Which are you... one of you is on crack? <laughs> you, you work for a guy who owns a sporting goods store. You know how to load a gun. Yeah, you work in the store occasionally. Yeah. There's no way you don't know how to load a gun. Um, so, uh, uh, Mac finds Sean at the basketball court, kind of like pacing back and forth, like muttering to himself and and macgyver doesn't he have the crack pipe he's too? got the crack pipe yeah. on him yeah and macgyver's you sold sh- you sold sh- you sold danny out for this and he smashes it right next to his face yeah really crazy yeah i mean i'm sure it's like that safety glass but still man yeah and this is probably as angry as we've seen macgyver so far. yeah it's it's super intense and uh and this is where where sean is like you do want to tell him they were gonna cut my fingers off, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, MacGyver convinces Sean to go to Neil, tell him what's going on, and to meet them at the hospital because that's where the climax is going to take place. Go tell your dad the climax is going to take place at the old hospital. <laughs> um, tell him Act Three is going to come to a, yeah. a peak right there. We're going to go to a commercial. <laughs> If you tell him, he might be there in time for the denouement. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't by a formula at all, by the way. This is a completely off-the-wall script. Um, So, uh, Danny spots Spider kind of pulling up to the pump station and realizes he must have been sold out. So he makes a run for the, the abandoned hospital, which is down a hill. And... Spider and uh, Watts kind of spot him as he's making a run for it, so they, they're kind of in pursuit. Yeah. And while Danny kind of, he finds like a, I guess a piece of, some kind of vent system uh, at ground level was like ripped open, so he uses that to make his way into the hospital. Right. Uh, Spider and Watts follow, follow him right behind him, and MacGyver now arrives at the pump station and starts finding like the evidence of the spilled bullets everywhere. Because Danny is literally leaving a trail of bullets. Yeah. Like, it's not, and not in, like, the cool, like, gangster way. Yeah, like, it's not like, just shells. It's, yeah, like, bullets full... that he just dropped. Yeah. Um, throwing... <laughs> so it's a, it's a trail of breadcrumbs, really. Right. Um, however, Danny also steps in a pile of mud, which, I guess, sticks to his shoes throughout the entire hospital because they're able to track him, track him down. Um... So Danny, Danny, most of the scene is just like chasing and following and chasing and following. It's just running around the hospital, up and down stairs. Yeah. Uh, uh, Danny drops the box of bullets again. Yeah, <laughs> The yeah, yeah. bullets fall all over the place. He, he's looking for like a room to hide in. And when he tries one of the doors, I guess the door wasn't even on the hinge. So it just falls, falls straight yeah. over and the, the impact of the door echoes throughout the whole hospital. Yeah. And now, like, Spider and Watts kind of, like, have a more focused direction to go. 
all all the while of this happening, we're getting flashbacks of MacGyver and his friends loading the gun and shooting at bottles and stuff. Yeah. Like the even the flashback is now building up to uh a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 all coming up to a to a to a head, so to speak. So Danny makes his way down a corridor and it's a dead end. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of like I don't even know what it's supposed to be. It's it's a hallway that doesn't go anywhere. This looks like it's an actual abandoned hospital. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. is a lot of medical equipment all over the place. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I don't know what this hallway was because it just goes to a, a dead wall with a window. Yeah. Um, so he's forced to double back and he lets Spider and Watts pass by him and they make the same mistake. They go down the dead end. Yeah. And uh, Danny then locks them, locks the door and gets them stuck in the room and they start yeah. opening fire through a through the window it's like it's hard it's weird because there are windows inside of rooms that are yeah. inside yeah so like they're smashing interior windows even though they're they're still inside yeah um and they just start opening fire again with a shotgun not a great ranged weapon right uh so they're missing a lot you know completely yeah <laughs> they're missing totally and completely um but uh now that macgyver's hearing the gunshots he manages to catch up to Danny, and when he tries to, like, slow him down... Cause, and I guess Danny, like, in, in the adrenaline, like, doesn't realize who it is and is just trying to run away from whoever yeah, is yeah. after him. Danny slips on his own bullets, like, like that, that are all over the yeah. floor. Like, they roll around like bearings. And as he's tumbling down the stairs, the gun in his hand goes off and shoots himself in the guts. Yeah. And MacGyver... Which uh, is just a really weird plot point like yeah. why not just have spider shoot him once yeah like isn't it still guns are evil yeah like i, I know like the one of the main arguments against gun ownership is like well you know you're more likely to shoot yourself but it still just seems like it's so much more complicated to have him slip on literal bullets and shoot himself yeah than just have spider shoot him they were shooting at him two seconds ago mm-hmm. there's no reason he couldn't be bleeding out when he came around the corner yeah he, he could he could be shot and in shock because when you're in shock you don't really realize it right and and falling down the stairs is what finally kind of brings him around to the fact that he's been shot. But they're trying to head off the pass of the argument like, well, if I had a gun, I could have protected myself from Spider. And it's like, it, no, you, the reason that you got shot is because you had a gun. Right. Um, and in the it was funny because like, um, in To Be a Man, like the guy shot himself too, right? Yeah, Sean well, Silverstein. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, from all Sid the... Haig. Sid Haig, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, that also happened in uh, in Slow Death, right? Or no, he electrocuted himself. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. But they're all self self inflicted self self inflicted wounds. Yeah, Narai stabbing himself in the <laughs> oh, chest God, with his sword. Yeah, and the same thing happened to uh, Anthony DeLongis in the season one finale. Oh yeah, he kills himself with his own poison yeah, needle. My guy, MacGyver's really like. An accessory to murder. <laughs> yeah. An accessory to suicide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, self-slaughter? Is that a is that a crime? <laughs> self-slaughter, yeah. He's basically like, he's he predates Dr. Kevorkian a little bit. Mm. Uh, so with, the, with Danny now being shot, MacGyver's flashback comes to a point where, um, I guess it's, it's either Neil or Chuck spots a eagle sitting on a branch. Right. And he's going to shoot it, and MacGyver yells no and knocks the gun. Smacks the gun out of his hand. Yeah, and the gun flies, hits the ground, goes off, and shoots Jesse right in the guts, right. same as Danny. Yeah. And even MacGyver then in the present 
yells Jesse down About to Danny. Danny getting shot, yeah. Yeah, because like it's it's like the P- PTSD is now like fully engaged right. with him. And this is kind of based on an actual experience from Richard Dean Anderson's youth, but in in that situation, he was the one holding the gun and he actually shot the bird and uh, killed it. Like his like first shot happened to kill the bird mm. and felt super guilty about it and like never touched a gun after that. Yeah. And so they kind of evolved that story into this whole situation. And the wasn't wasn't there a Simpsons where Bart had a BB gun with Nelson and he shot remember. the he shot a like a bird and it, you know, he was super distraught about it and Marge was like super felt terrible that Bart would do such a thing. Yeah. That sounds right. Uh, I remember that. Maybe being... we're both thinking of Richard Dean Anderson's childhood. That could be. That could be. Yeah. Um. So, Danny's now shot. MacGyver's like trying to help him, uh, and having flashbacks of Jesse being shot, and Chuck and Neil just leave. Yeah. They they Jesse's been shot, and he's bleeding out, and they immediately recognize there's no way he's going to survive. Yeah, we gotta get out of here and ditch our dying friend. Yeah, you killed him. It was like, let's get out of here. And and MacGyver's all like, what? Yeah, I would not. Those would not be my friends after twenty five years. Yeah, I wouldn't come back to town and be like, hey, remember we were gonna dig up that thing? I'd be like, hey, remember when you abandoned me with with Jesse? Yeah, after, you, after he got shot in the chest, we could have all carried him, and maybe he would have lived. Yeah, you jerks. The kid who plays the young version of MacGyver, by the way, does a pretty awesome job. But um, yeah. the actor's name is Sean Woland, and he doesn't have a lot of credits. But um, one of my favorites was that he was the he played the kid in the family from the Nukem commercial in RoboCop. Okay. Like, over the course of the first RoboCop movie, they do a lot of commercials to like mm-hmm. just like pop culture parodies of mm-hmm. like what the world is like in the future. And one of them is like a family playing a game that's basically negotiating like. To avoid nuclear war. Yeah. And uh, and then, the, I guess, like, the ultimate finish of the game is, like, oh, we couldn't avoid war. Mm-hmm. Nuke them. Uh, one, two things I have to say about that. One, I love the world that is built in RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The commercials, the advertisements. There's another commercial that had, like, a someone that was famous in it when we were watching it. We were like, is that so-and-so? Mm. I can't remember what it was. It was like... Was it the sunscreen commercial? Yeah, it was the sunscreen one. Okay, where like she's just blue with yeah. covered in I sunscreen. I can't remember who the... Maybe it's who the girl is in the sunscreen commercial. But the, the world building that was done in RoboCop, it, it, it's... And that's why Starship Troopers is so good. Because Verhoeven redid that whole situation with the news broadcasts, and it really just made you feel like this world is much larger than we're seeing here in this, in this city. Yeah. Um... My other thing about this is there is a game like that called Twilight Struggle. Oh, it, really? It's a it's a two player game, and it's all about the Cold War, U.S. versus USSR, and it's all deals with historical events. Um, like you play these cards that are actually events and and strifes and conflicts that took place while you're trying as the U.S. to neutralize communist threats in different countries. And the USSR is trying to influence other countries to become more communist. Yeah. And so, like, there's a – that's the struggle part is, like, the balancing act. But these cards come into play that change, like, the course of history. Um, and there's a basically a nuclear war DEFCON thing that just keeps getting higher it, and yeah, higher. Yeah, it's kind of like at the end of, like, Arkham Horror, how it's, like, building up to the ancient one coming out. Yeah. Um, and and – if you're the one who initiates the nuclear war, like if you cause it to go, then it's your fault. It's your fault, and you lose. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, oh wow, that was uh, the actress who plays 
the Sunscreen 5000 model mm-hmm. was the same actress that plays a lot of vagina in okay. Austin Powers. Man, she's still good looking after 20 yeah, years. I mean. Oh, she was also in Robocop 2 as the Sunblock 5000 woman. Did they just re air the commercial or was it not in the first movie? Uh, it was definitely in that first movie, I think. Yeah, it looks like she's only in the second one. Huh. Wow, because really, that was a really iconic commercial. Yeah. <laughs> From a movie. Yeah. Uh, well, getting back to MacGyver. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as MacGyver's helping Danny to, like a, like a, like a small, like, it's called the treatment room. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, MacGyver's having flashbacks of taking his bike apart to help build a stretcher for right. Jesse. Um, and one of the things that MacGyver in the present finds in the, in the medical lab, I'm going to butcher this word, <laughs> phenylphetholine solution. Phenylphetholine? Yeah. Is, I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, uh, he knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> which, when I looked up, is a, is a, um, a solution you use, uh, it's something you use to uh, detect acids or bases. Okay. It's like a litmus uh, yeah. solution. And so that's why when he mixes it with drain cleaner, it changes color because drain cleaner is a base, I believe. Right, yeah. Um, and so he uses that to make like a, a fake blood. And, right, yeah. And so he's like sprinkling this solution on the floor to make it seem like Danny had bled, uh, out. bled out and was going in a different direction. And at this point, Spider and Watts see the blood and they realize that they must have gotten him. Yeah. Like, again, which would make more sense for the plot had they shot if him. If they had actually shot him, yeah. Um, so Spider and Watts split up. And Watts finds the blood trail and just follows it all the way into a giant walk-in refrigerator. <laughs> I like that he had to use, like, phenylphetholine instead of just, like, here, I'm going to find a cup and get some of the blood that's gushing out of yeah. Danny. Just, like, soaks it up with a rag and just drips it along. Yeah, yeah. That's much more morbid, though, Pat. Yeah, but it's real blood. Yeah, it's, like, it's super believable. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so he leads them into a walk-in freezer mm-hmm. where and- presumably they die yeah i i we don't we well, don't come back to these characters and it's been a long time by the time the ambulance shows up so. mm-hmm. walk-in freezers are very powerful and i'm assuming everything in this hospital still functions still functions perfectly um, it's like the one in that abandoned factory and uh and when terry hatcher and um was it vincent schiavelli locks them in there hmm. it was terry hatcher and uh who was the other character was it michael goodwin was it Craig Bannister that gets locked in there? Well, there's somebody that we talked to on the show. Yeah. Oh, no, it was uh, oh Michael Ensign that we talked to that was in the freezer with her. But oh, he okay. Was, he yeah, was actually he was dead. dead. <laughs> he was dead, but they put him in a real freezer with real fish hanging in it. You know, it's funny. It's like when you said Vincent Schiavelli and Terry Hatcher, I forgot that we had brought up the point of them being That in. they're in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in that episode, it had her. I'm pretty sure it had her in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was Terry Hatcher, and she was in there with uh, Ilya Baskin. Oh, that's who it was. Right, yeah. I knew it wasn't MacGyver. I just couldn't remember who yeah. it was because he was the one who gets them out of it. Um, so a lot uh, of walk-in freezers on this show. Yeah, it, it, it's a good ploy. I think this is actually the third one that we've had so far. After, yeah, because there was one in uh, Final Approach. No, not no, Final, Final Approach. Approach. The other airplane one. Yeah. Uh, Last stand. Last stand. Yeah. Yeah, they get locked in a freezer in there too. Um, but this time MacGyver's doing the locking. Right. For uh, the first time of the three. Yeah. He he takes um the the cylinder part of the cylinder part of the revolver that Danny had and uses it as a pin to hold the freezer door closed. Yeah. Where I think the bad guys in last stand just used a fork. Yeah. They just, they just, they just shove like something. Yeah. In there. 
Um, and uh, so now it's only Spider. And as MacGyver's going back to check on Danny, Spider catches up. Just goes, aha, gotcha. Yeah. Where were you going? He catches himself a couple of flies. <laughs> <laughs> um, MacGyver tries to play it off like he works there. <laughs> Cause, uh, At the hospital? Yeah. Because Spider's all, who are you? It's like, who are you? It's like, you know, where's Danny? I don't know who that is. I just work here. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I just work here at the abandoned hospital. <laughs> I, I, don't, I wonder why Spider didn't believe him. Yeah. Um, Look, I just work here. Hey, do you know where everybody is? <laughs> I've been call, coming to work for four years. I haven't seen a person. It's like I took a sick day and I came back and everything yeah. was gone. I'm supposed to be here for an operation about memory loss? <laughs> I've been showing up every day for years. I got that the that memento thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sure my doctor will be here any minute. Uh, so uh, who are you? <laughs> just gonna keep this joke going, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, he's chasing me. Ah! <laughs> uh, Spider forces him to go into the room, and uh, Danny has mysteriously disappeared. Although MacGyver notices the giant blood stain on the ground, but Spider doesn't seem to notice it. Yeah, because Spider starts searching as if he doesn't realize that Danny's in there. Yeah, uh, but MacGyver spots Danny somehow suspended behind a curtain. I'm not quite sure. Where he is, because all we see is his feet dangling. Yeah. And it's like, did he hang himself? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a weird ending. Because, like, and there's, like, blood dripping off of his shoes. Like, that's yeah, how much yeah. he's bleeding out. Um, and, uh... Or phenophephaline. Yeah. <laughs> dripping off his shoes. Maybe MacGyver spilled some on him. Uh, but I guess what, however Danny was holding himself up, he couldn't maintain it. He falls. And the distraction is enough for MacGyver to push a gurney into Spider yeah. And just knock him through another window. Right. Again, another interior window uh, in a room. Uh, seems strange. But again, this is a hospital like set up. So these windows must serve a purpose. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't like an observation window. It was like into a supply closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at uh, this point, Spider is out of commission. Yeah, yeah. Spider, but we don't see Spider again. We don't see either bag. one of the bad guys again. Yeah. Uh, that's why they're dead. Right. Like the, that piece of glass that just went through Spider's oh, man. spine. Right <laughs> uh, so uh, now MacGyver's flashbacks again, like of uh, putting Jesse on the stretcher as he puts rushing Dan- him out to the road. And yeah, Danny Danny's putting being put on a gurney. Right. And being it was funny because look, at first Max looking for something to put together to, to drag him out, and then he finds oh here's a gurney. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh how perfect. I don't even have to make a gurney this time. <laughs> um. And, uh, but young MacGyver gets the bicycle with this gurney attachment out to a main road and mm-hmm. flags down a car. Right. Um, he, you know, and he tells like the guy, like my friend's been hurt, and I, I, I was like, I was really hoping that Neil and Chuck were going to be the heroes of this, that they had gone to get help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, they just no. Nope. They just run off. Oh, it's so frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, but Mac now encounters a uh, locked door because again, this hospital's been secured. Yeah. Um, it is weird that the door is locked from the inside. Yeah. With a padlock. Yeah. Because, then, like, what's the... Like, you can't... do not leave. Please <laughs> don't leave the hospital. Uh, you, you know, I don't get it. But um, MacGyver just gets a big, heavy cart and just rams the door open. Yeah. Um, just as the uh, ambulance crew is arriving. Or, no, actually, the police arrive right. first, and they call in for an ambulance. Yeah. Um, if only this had been an actual hospital. Yeah. Uh, 
And, well, uh, we're going to have to airlift him six hours to the next hospital. Yeah, right? Because, like... Close this... this one down yesterday. That's too bad. <laughs> if only he had gotten shot yesterday. Maybe he should have decided to hide in an actual hospital. <laughs> <laughs> one that was in operation. I don't know why he went into the hospital at all. Yeah. Like, you had enough head start, and they weren't in their car. They were on foot. Yeah, I don't know why you would go where your crack addict friend suggested. Yeah. Instead of just home. Yeah. Somewhere that... Neither one of them knows where you are. Um, so in the flashback, you know, MacGyver again, like he had gotten help. And now the ambulance arrives for Danny. And simultaneously in the flashback, the ambulance arrives for Jesse. But Jesse's already gone. Yeah. Like the, the doctor. The, they the, put the blanket over his face. Yeah. And then the ambulance driver says, when is somebody going to do something about these guns? <laughs> it's so on the nose. Yeah. And then they flash forward 25 years to nothing has been done about the guns. Yeah, nothing's been done. In fact, things are worse. Right. But, um... Uh, Here, 30 years later. Yeah, 30 years later. This is 1963, uh, so it's 50 years later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of insane. Um, but, so, uh, Jesse's dead, but in the present, the ambulance and MacGyver are able to resuscitate Danny, and they think, they say he's gonna be okay. Um, because uh, that's all. Because that's the last time we see him. Right. So you better leave on him saying he's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. You know they said that about uh, President uh, McKinley too. <laughs> that he died eight days later. Yep. Shot in Buffalo, New York. Beautiful Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, New York. Um, there's a very minor memorial too on the street where he was shot. Like, oh, like really? Was, like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Or maybe they're just Buffalo's just humiliated about it. Yeah. Um, uh, so now we're at the time capsule site, and Mac and Chuck and Neil have, have dug it up to a point where they're about to open it. Yeah. Um, but they do a quick mention that Danny's going to be okay, and Sean's in a drug pre- treatment program. So everything that always works out. Yeah. Everything's going to be wonderful. Yeah. You come out of drug treatment and you're perfectly fine. Just look at Lindsay Lohan. And they even recovered Spider. And so it seems like everyone involved in the event is going to be okay. What about that other kid? Which other kid? Wasn't there another one, MacGyver? No, maybe not. MacGyver just like has this horrified look. (laughs) Yeah. That's a new time capsule that will (laughs) open in 25 (laughs) years. Oh, Oh, there's a baseball card and a corpse and a lot of claw marks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it seems to be some kind of message to his mother <laughs> written in his own blood or phenolphenolene we'll never know <laughs> I think it would be better if MacGyver went back to the hospital they've already completely demolished they yeah. collapsed the you building know what? we decided that uh, it was just an unnecessary risk to the community to leave this up so we took the whole thing down you didn't happen to uh, find a you know what never mind <laughs> Nothing. you know what maybe, maybe I left my phone charger at home because they had phone chargers in 88. Mm-hmm. No. 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 So they open up the time capsule, which is a, a rusted out old lunchbox. Right. I, got a, I got a side story after this. Okay. Um, inside they find a big rubber spider. Yeah. That was, that was one of their contributions. Also, I don't know how anyone wouldn't have known what their contributions were. Like, they all put them in at the same time. So they've yeah. all seen what everybody put in. Um, Except I, for one of them. I've got another amazing side story about that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> okay. Not, it's not, I got so many stories. Yeah. Um, so one of them was an idiot and put in a rubber spider. Yeah. Uh, the other one put in a baseball. Yeah. Um, you can Just get those. A baseball. You can get those anywhere. It's not even signed or anything. Nope. 
Nothing special about it. Um, MacGyver put in a mousetrap that he had built, which is probably the most unique thing to have put in there so far. But it's far. still a weird thing. Yeah. It's like, you're, are you trying to protect everything else in here from rats? <laughs> I don't understand. If it got in there, it's already trapped. Just uh, in case someone else opens it. I yeah. Want their fingers to come off. Ouch. Oh, wait, no, but it's a humane mousetrap. Oh. That was like the whole thing. A humane mousetrap. Mm-hmm. Boring. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing that they find is an envelope from Jesse to them. Yeah, which I which guess none of them read at the time. Yeah, and on the back it says to the best pals a guy ever had, read in Jesse's yeah. spiritual voice. Yeah, um, and it's just a picture of the four of them stand by me style, like all out in a field. Yeah, um, and they just kind of do. We miss you, Jesse. Yeah, his ghost is just like, oh man, why did I write that? <laughs> yeah, that's so sappy. It's, I, don't, it's, it's, I don't agree with it anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you, MacGyver. To the worst friends a guy could ever have. MacGyver, you shot me, but at least you stuck with me to the end. Yeah. So I could curse you and <laughs> the rest of those guys. <laughs> um, so, first side story. Yes. Time capsules. My brother and sister and I buried a piggy bank. Yeah. A metal piggy bank. Um, when we, uh, my dad had put in our hot tub, he had to run like a whole bunch of new pipes and, oh, yeah, yeah. and a 220 uh, electrical line out to the equipment. Yeah. Um, so he had dug this huge trench because he put, did all the work himself, right. um, had it inspected, but he did all the actual sure, work yeah, himself. Yeah. Um, so my brother and sister and I got this idea to bury this piggy bank uh, in the ground. Yeah. So 30 years later, my dad's removing a maple tree from our front yard and getting the, the yard re- – because the, the maple tree had completely destroyed the sprinkler system. Right. Um, so he was retrenching to put in new sprinklers. Yeah. And he comes across this piggy bank. And <laughs> I was so little, I don't even remember doing it. Yeah. But let me tell you, not only was this thing totally rusted through, but it was completely filled with mud. Yeah. Like, I mean, it had, it had been wrapped, but the mud and rain over the years just completely saturated through. Sure, yeah, yeah. And we opened just up. Just washed dirt into it. Yeah. The, yeah. the piggy bank was just completely filled with liquid mud. Yeah. And so it took me a long while to clean all this stuff off. Yeah. Inside was an E.T. figure. <laughs> a small rubber spider. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like essentially the yeah, small rubber yeah, spider yeah. is the E.T. figure. Um, a rosary, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. Um, and a peso. <laughs> One peso. One peso. But it came with the piggy bank, though. Um. So it was, it, it, it so reminded me of when watching this episode, because one, that lunchbox would have been full of mud. Yeah. I, I know from my own experience that it was not sealed in any kind of way. Yeah. It was just closed. Mud gets in there. Yeah. Um, but also, just the ridiculous thing that you put in a in a time capsule as a kid. Yeah. And it's just so, so maybe st- the, the spider and a baseball are accurate. Yeah. Um, my other side story, um, and this is our friend uh, Matthew's side story. Yeah. That his school had done a time capsule. Um, it was a personal time capsule. You basically fill out this form. It's like a letter to yourself in the future. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you put it in an envelope, and you don't open it for 15 years. Oh, okay. And so Matthew had put it aside and, like, knew where it was and was couldn't wait. Like, he thought about it every year. About, yeah. Oh, I can't remember the day that I finally get to open it. So the day comes, Matthew's got his letter. He can't wait to see what past self wrote to his future self. And you think – Thinking about it so often as he did. You would remember what you wrote. Yeah. So he opens up the letter. <laughs> Completely blank. 
<laughs> he didn't put anything he on it. He didn't put anything. <laughs> and he was so confused. It's the greatest story, Matthew, if you're listening. Uh, I love that story so much. (laughs) Because it's like the ultimate troll on yourself. Our teachers did that, but they had us write the letter, and then they mailed it to us 20 years later. That's some commitment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess she just held on to stacks and was like, all right, I have to mail this one this year. I have to mail Mm -hmm. this one this year. So when I got mine back, it was like me just making, like, jokes about how, (laughs) how, like, totally undercutting myself as far as like what i would accomplish like yeah by the time i'm 30 i plan on not having any friends and <laughs> trying to find a job somewhere and living in a shack like i just like purposely made it as hard as pot like as dumb as possible so that when 30 year old me got it <laughs> i wouldn't be like disappointed <laughs> i did way better than this i set the bar so low for myself thanks me <laughs> i feel great <laughs> But I didn't remember writing it at all by the time it showed up, because mm. I didn't see it all the time. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are my time capsule stories. One of them, obviously not mine. Yeah. But um, uh, this episode... A bit heavy-handed. Yeah. I mean, we made... It's a very serious subject matter, and I yeah, know yeah, we yeah. made light of a lot of it, I think, to help get us through it. Yeah. Um, this is a, co- a comedy podcast, first and foremost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously this whole, this whole episode was very personal to, as you said, Richard Dean Anderson. Right. Yeah. Um, that it's a very serious subject about guns and gun safety. And, uh, and so I, I, I just wanted people to know that, that, that we did take it seriously. Um, but we have fun on the podcast and, and I just didn't. Yeah. If I didn't we took the whole it. episode very seriously and had a very serious podcast about it, this would be the most boring podcast. Yeah. So I just wanted to get that out of there. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's worth pointing out. I also wanted to mention the the ambulance attendant who who has the line of of uh, when are they gonna do something about these guns? Mm-hmm. That guy, um, the actor's name is Douglas Stewart, and I think he must actually be an EMT, like one of the guys that works on set, because he has five or six more credits on IMDb that are all like orderlies or doctors mm. or EMT drivers. But um, he also shows up as an orderly in MacGyver season six, episode six, Lesson in Evil. Hmm. So, but it, it seems a lot of the time, like the people who play ambulance drivers play ambulance drivers multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or reporters playing reporters multiple times. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking, actually, I think Spike Jones plays an ambulance driver in uh, the game. Hmm. I think that he had a credit as an ambulance driver in there because him and David Fincher are both like music video directors. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They're probably good friends. And actually, I think David Fincher is in adaptation during like the dinner scene where. Hmm. Meryl Streep is talking about how crazy LaRoche is or something like yeah. that. Yeah. There's always weird cameos like that that yeah, you don't yeah. actually realize, like like Spielberg in Vanilla Sky or uh, uh, Crow, Cameron Crow in Minority Report. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. Or even in The Fifth Element, like the guy who holds up uh, Bruce Willis is yeah. like a famous, like, the, give me the cash. He's like, oh, a, yeah, he yeah. Was like a famous French oh, character. Oh, is he really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, name's escaping me at the moment. Um, so it's just like funny, like when people directors know... give their director friends cameos. Yeah, yeah. It's like Richard Attenborough in Jurassic Park. <laughs> that was <a> cameo. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny because Spielberg, when he, had, I think he was up for Best Picture with E.T. against Gandhi, which Richard Attenborough had directed, mm. and then Gandhi beat him. <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh man, hey, you want to be in my, this movie that I made after you won my Oscar?" <laughs> because everyone knows Gandhi's a terrible movie. Oh, it's awful. Actually, Gandhi's pretty good. <laughs> oh, sorry. You, you got you got me. I lured trap. you into, <laughs> and I fell for it. 
So this is MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about everything for this episode. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And again, if you're digging the show, please do feel free to review us on iTunes. That's how people find us. Um, and then how we will inevitably take over the whole podcast yeah, scene. Exactly. Um, one podcast at a time. One podcast at a time. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering season four, episode three. Uh, the Outsiders, which is like the Witness episode. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not like the Outsiders episode. <laughs> not like the Outsiders episode, which I think was called The Witness. Um, but uh, it's the one where MacGyver gets in a car accident and is found by an Amish family. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Mm-hmm.